According to a recent report, the top U.S. regulators are talking and maybe trying to convince U.S. banks they need to go gently with their commercial real estate customers. Because as we all know, the banking crisis is completely over with. It's done. First Republic was the last bank casualty. And regulators have said repeatedly, we have absolutely nothing to worry about. Pay no attention to the BTFP program at a new record, nor pay any attention to what we're talking about with commercial real estate participants. Here's what was said in this report. The top U.S. bank regulators are asking lenders to work with creditworthy borrowers that are facing stress in the commercial real estate market. Creditworthy borrowers. I love how they throw that in there. Financial firms should, quote, work prudently and constructively with good clients, the government agency said in guidance on Thursday. The statement from the Federal Reserve, FDIC and OCC and the National Credit Union Administration update guidance on workouts that watchdogs issued in 2009. So there is nothing to worry about with commercial real estate, except if you are a banker or in any way connected to commercial real estate. Right. And don't, don't ask your non-credit worthy borrowers because boy, if you, I mean, that's what I love about this. Well, Steve, Steve, that's the thing. There are no non-credit worthy borrowers. That's what they're trying to say is if you are not credit worthy, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, make yeah. them credit worthy. I mean, that, that's a great thing about this report is they only surveyed the big commercial banks. As we're talking about, Jeff, what, what was the number? What, what percentage or what, what is the number of, of loans, the commercial real estate loans these big banks have? Yeah, when they stress tested the big banks, it was 23 big banks that own approximately or hold approximately one fifth of all commercial real estate. So just one fifth. What about the other four fifths? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's obvious if they serve. And, and I love this because they actually mentioned in the report, like, hey, we could have, but we didn't. We could have stressed heads of these mid-sized banks. Yeah, you think? Because if you did, there would be so much panic on the market. They'd be like, holy crap, these banks can't survive like a dollar loss. Are you kidding me? Money would be flying out of the banking system like there's no tomorrow. So yeah, smart move, Fed. Don't don't survey the mid-sized banks. Yeah, nor, I mean, I, I, love, I love the fact that they're giving guidance to basically say we need to avoid any losses. Now, when you talk about the stress test, the scenarios that come up are usually adverse scenarios, usually much more adverse than you're probably going to see. But that's the point here. Even the Federal Reserve and even these government regulars know that the banking system as a whole, not just these 23 banks, they can't really withstand any losses. So the probability of losses is way too high to begin with. And as we know, what's going to happen when the next regional bank, say it's one of the ones that we've already been talking about that hasn't failed yet, suddenly they say, we might need to write down some of our commercial real estate. It's not much, but we just need to write down a few dollars here or there. What is going to happen to the banking crisis? The banking crisis is going to come right back into the front page news. So you can understand why regulators are talking to banks and saying, hey, by the way, Everybody's credit worthy, right? Yeah, exactly. And that, and why do we think back? Remember, it was, I think it was last show uh, that we talked about Janet Yellen saying, "Hey, there's probably going to be some bank mergers," which you never would ever hear anybody, a regulator or you know, Treasury chiefs, come out and say, "Hey, you know, maybe uh, there should probably be some mergers here." Because you're right, Jeff. I mean, they can't write down squat, and we know they're going to have no choice but to do it. And the moment everyone figures out, because we know there are people coming in buying these 
these regional bank stocks. They think, hey, the, the storm has kind of passed here. If people knew how bad this commercial real estate problem was for the bank balance sheets, and believe me, they don't want us to know either. If they have to do any ride down, there's going to be so much deposits flight. The only question, who actually will be left to survive? That's it. I mean, the situation is so incredibly fragile. It really hasn't changed all that much since First Republic failed. And in fact, that's the only part of this that has changed. We just don't have another name to add to the list, the tombstone list yet. And then the public perception, if a bank isn't failing, then the banking system must be fine because we're not talking about banks anymore. But here's that's the point here. The public might not be talking about banks, but the talking about banks is littering the official discourse up and down the line here. Whether it's regulators, whether it's I guarantee you the FOMC talked about this in their Fed pause announcement earlier this month. And it's going to come up repeatedly because, as we know, Steve, that's the shoe that's it's not the next shoe to drop. It's this gigantic boot that's hanging over everybody's head. We can all see it coming. Even the Fed can see it coming. And they're usually the last people that can see it coming. And the margin for error is slim to none here. Yeah, yeah, Jeff, this kind of reminds me of like the game Jenga where you know, you've got the Fed. They're just pulling the blocks out a little bit. And they're like, okay, like, no, no. So can we do some more? And like, oh, maybe we should wait a turn and just see if the thing, to oh, it didn't topple over. Okay, let's just nudge it a little bit more. It's like, for some reason, they think, and I know Powell this week says, well, we need two more rate hikes, which is like, oh, you finally actually have a number? I mean, after this whole time, you've come to a conclusion. Your your team of all these PG economists have now determined you only need two more, that the system can handle it? Go ahead, buddy. Keep pulling the blocks out. At some point, the whole thing's going to come toppling down. I kind of think that their, their rate hikes and their ultra- their ultra hawkish focus on especially core consumer price rates is part of this discussion. What they're saying is what they first said was we want to, we want to bring oil price or we want oil prices to go down. We want consumer prices to go down. And then oil prices started to go down and consumer prices started to get disinflationary. Jay Powell even used that word earlier this year. Disinfl now they say, well, no, what we really meant was the core rate. Now we mean the core rate. The core rate is too, is too high. It's too sticky. And now we need the core rate to go down. And I think what they're really doing is saying we would rather people get focused on core consumer price rates than on commercial real estate problems at regional banks because it's much more, it's, it's a much better situation to have the public focused on the CPI and the core CPI which at least isn't going up anymore, it's, it's somewhat stable, than it is to say, hey, I wonder what bank is going to fail tomorrow when this office tower goes bust and spreads liquidity problems throughout the entire banking system. I think, I think their focus on inflation is somewhat intentional because it, in the scheme of things, it is the least worst option here. Well, that Jeff, and we've seen Powell focus on the yield curve and then be like, oh, well, not that curve. I meant this curve. And did I say that curve? I really meant the curve over here. And did I say inflation and oil price? No, I really didn't mean that. It's like, oh, let's pick the core inflation, which moves at a snail's pace. I mean, it, it will come down. It just normally doesn't move that fast. So I don't know. Do you think their objective here is they just really want to push more rate hikes through and they let's just keep moving the goalposts until we get to this made up number of rate hikes we want and things break. I mean, what do you, what do you think, Jeff? What, what's their, what's their agenda here? I don't, you know, I, that's when you say they're moving the goalposts, I think it exposes the fallacy of the lies here is that they don't really have an agenda. They're just throwing shit against the wall and hoping something sticks. 
They're really just saying, we don't really know what to do here. We can see that we have a banking problem. It's not going to go away. We just stress tested the big banks and found a whole boatload of commercial real estate and other problems, which we can then extrapolate to the four fifths of the rest of the banking system and say, uh-oh. So it's really just, what do we do? Well, let's just pretend everything is the way we said it was when we started. And we'll just, we'll keep changing our minds and we'll keep changing the numbers until either the situation magically fixes itself or something really does break, which then forces the Fed to admit that the markets were right all along and that rates are going to go lower, which they don't want to admit that. They want to pretend that rates are going to go to a nice, even plateau and they'll stay there for a couple of years. And then the Fed in 2025 or 2026 will say, call us Paul Volcker because we just reincarnated his ass. Yeah. And Jeff, the, the problem here is you start to read, and I love in these reports, it's like inflation isn't coming down as fast as we thought. So we just need to do more rate hikes. It's like at some point you you have to wonder, the two are not correlated. We, we've been talking about this forever. And it's almost like the longer this goes on, it's more like more rate hikes doesn't go down. More rate hikes doesn't go down. It's like, when do you guys get it that the rate hikes have nothing to do with the price of eggs or the price of anything? But they don't get it. It's just like I, it kind of makes me wonder, do they really understand how bad the situation is? And, and if they do, then why do they keep talking rate hikes? I mean, it would be pretty easy at this point. Don't you think, Jeff, just to say, hey, you know what? Um, we're we're going to take a cooling off period here. We're not going to lower rates. We're just going to let them settle here. We feel there's a little stress in the banking system. They could downplay it while they're behind the scenes telling everyone, hey, look, shore this thing up real quick, okay? We don't want to look like we're really a bad situation. And then maybe toward the end of the year, if the holiday season picks up, you could drop a couple rate hikes and still look like a hero. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. It's it's keeping up the pretenses that everything is fine because the first thing central bankers always think, don't make a bad situation worse. I mean, that's why you heard back in 2008, while every time Ben Bernanke got on TV, he said, subprime is contained, the economy is fine. He didn't say resilient, that's the language of the 2020s, but he would have said resilient if, if that was the, the language that they used back then. But instead they keep saying, everything is fine. We've got it covered. And then in the private discussion, they're like, Ooh, this is getting ugly. What do we do? Well, you keep going out there and say everything is fine. And part of everything is fine is they can't say we're going to stop rate hikes here because they've already said beforehand we're going to keep going. And so if they change the perception, if they change the, uh, the change from their expectation, they're afraid people will say, wait a minute. Jay Powell said he was going to continue hiking rates. Now he's changing his mind. What changed that changed Jay Powell's mind? That can't be good. I'm going to start panicking. And so I think a part of this moving the goalpost is let's pick something that continues to, that continues this narrative. We need to keep hiking rates because we said we had to keep hiking rates. And the moment we stop hiking rates unexpectedly, that's when everybody says, holy crap. So we need to say, oh, you know, Forget oil prices, forget headline CPIs, which are going down. Let's focus on the core because that means we got to continue as business as usual. Yeah, Jeff, and we got the PCE today, uh, the headline 0.1%. Uh, I forget the year-over-year -year comp. Of course, we know it was going to drop down. But you look at the, the PCE and you're like, well, that that's not far off from going negative all of a sudden. Uh, but don't worry, that's okay. It's just a temporary, you know, it'll, it'll go back up. But of course, we know that the PCE is kind of a leading indicator of CPI, suggests that perhaps in the month to come that we're going to see, no surprise, 
energy is telling us lower CPI. But, you know, I, I look back to the banks and I, I saw the report and it was really interesting when they talked about commercial real estate, because you start to get the impression that yeah, the Fed said, oh, the banks can lend during a catastrophe. It's like, really? Like, I read that. I'm like, are you guys stupid? Like, oh, yeah, don't worry. You can take massive write downs. Don't worry about deflation. As long as you keep lending. I'm like, when has that happened before? Yeah, that's 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 not just I mean, that's anti-human nature, right? The, the, the economy's falling apart. Uh, real estate prices are down like 40 percent. But the banks say we are going to continue lending because our capital ratio is well above the minimum required. That's that was the, the ridiculous statement that they threw in there, because, again, this is all just a game. This is all just for show, because, as we know, the statistics have shown since March, since Silicon Valley Bank, banks have stopped lending. That has stopped already. And it didn't take any losses in commercial real estate to get them to stop. So as we were saying from the very beginning here, Steve and I, a $1 loss in any commercial real estate portfolio is going to not just continue to stop lending, it's going to start really contracting. And it's not just lending either. Banks are still selling securities. They are raising liquidity because they're afraid of inflation. They're afraid that they're th they think everything's fine. No, they know the same thing that we're talking about here, that the Federal Reserve knows. The first bank that writes down even a dollar on the commercial real estate portfolio is the next bank that the FDIC comes in to take over. And everybody knows it. So, yes, maybe the big banks will be able to lend. But even the big banks are going to say, we're not going to lend either. We're going to buy U.S. treasuries. We're going to buy safe and liquid assets because this thing is not going away. Even the feds know this. Yeah, yeah. So, Jeff, here's what they should have stress test. I, throw that whole test away. It's meaningless. Half of the small and mid-sized commercial banks fail. Test that. Tell me, do you think those 23 banks are like, do you think that somehow they keep, hey, hey, no problem. We're just going to keep lending. We got money to burn. No, no, not a chance. The system just cannot withstand it. And I think that's one of the problems here is the whole idea is the system is sound. It's resilient. It's stable. There's no problems here. Meanwhile, again, that we use that Jenga example. The, the, it's, it's wobbly. It's literally wobbly. And they're like, man, can we pull another piece out? Because we told everyone we were, but gosh, uh, can we take one off the top? <laughs> now that's, I think we don't need any more bank failures. That's not even what we're really talking about here. The, 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 uh, it's, it's already baked in the cake here. Banks have become risk averse and they have shown that the statistics show that the Federal Reserve every week puts out its H8 numbers, which tell you everything about the commercial banking system, not just the 23 largest banks, but the entire commercial banking system. And there hasn't been a dollar of loss in any portfolio and they're stopped. They've stopped lending, especially commercial industrial loans, which are negative. So banks have already said we're we're risk averse as it is. It doesn't take anything else to make us even more risk averse. So the idea that the banking system is going to continue lending through a severely adverse shock, it's all just public relations. It's all just, hey, we, test, we, we stress tested the big banks. And guess what? We came up with an adverse scenario, which, by the way, it was really adverse. They were talking about some really bad stuff, but it didn't matter. The worst scenario human beings can come up with short of a zombie apocalypse. And guess what? JP Morgan is still going to be lending during the zombie apocalypse. That's what we're supposed to believe. Meanwhile, in private, they're like, oh, by the way, let's not have any commercial real estate like write downs. I mean, it's so damn absurd, isn't it?
Yeah, yeah, Jeff, because I, I love the, you mentioned commercial and real estate loan growth was slowing down and you don't even need a crisis because all you can do is take a chart, overlay the senior loan officer opinion survey of commercial banks on net tightening lending standards. And lo and behold, when banks tighten lending standards, this will, I know this is a shock to you. You won't believe it. They actually lend less. I know people just blow. What? Are you kidding me? Yeah, they lend less. So look, we don't even need a crisis here. The banks by just normal default of the tighter of tightened lending standards of the inverted yield curve are going to lend less. And at some point that's going to hit into contraction. You throw an, an all banking crisis in this. Nobody's going to lend. Nobody's going to be that stupid and be like, Hey, you know what? Banks are failing. You know what? I think I'll lend you some money. Yeah. Just, and that's the thing, you know, one final, one final last point here. I mean, we look at, I think what most people, most people are thinking is, okay, there's all these problems in credit. We're seeing the credit crunch. We can see the data. But when is it going to actually have an impact on the real economy? Because that's the thing that the central bankers in the United States around the world say, you know, OK, yes, we realize that all this stuff is going on. But like 2008, they've been able to separate the banking issue, the monetary issue from the real economy. And like 2008, you can sit there and say, well, yeah, this is all really concerning, but it doesn't seem to be having any impact on the real economy. And I think that's the wrong way to look at it because it hasn't had an impact on the payroll report. It hasn't had an impact on the unemployment rate in the United States, although it's a different story in Europe. But that doesn't mean it hasn't already impacted the real economy. We just don't see it in these 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 uh, individual statistics that central bankers focus on. You can absolutely see the impact on the real economy, you just have to look beyond the payroll report. I mean, like we, I think we ended it the same way last week is there's so many pressures coming on. And it, 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 the, the idea that core rates and core CPI rates are the only thing that matters here is just, it's increasingly absurd, especially when you consider it in the context of what's going on in banks and around the rest of the world, the global economy. So as always, Steve, thank you very much for joining me. We'll see you again next week. All right. Thanks, Jeff.